welcome to day 30 of Crikey's Election Cast. It's Tuesday the 10th of May, I'm Cam Wilson. Have you at any point during this election campaign wondered what is going on with the coverage? Politics is still mediated through the media mostly, and not everyone's been happy with the way that journalists have been acting this election campaign. In just a second, I'm going to hand over to our investigations editor and senior reporter, David Hardiker, who is speaking to audience editor Imogen Champagne about an open letter to the media he wrote. But before I do, we wanted to give out a few free hand-drawn crikey tote bags complete with a democracy sausage illustration. All you have to do to go on the running for one of them is email us at podcast at crikey.com.au. No strings attached, we won't use your email for anything else. Okay, over to David and Imo. Welcome to Election Car for the first time, David Hardacre. Hello, Imogen. Thank you for that. <laughs> no problem. It's great to have you here. David, yesterday you set Twitter alight with quite an, a scathing piece about the state of Australian journalism in relation to the coverage of the 2022 election. You gave some specific examples in your article, but can you enlighten our listeners here today about what made you pen this open letter to your colleagues in the media? Yep. Um, uh, yeah, it's good, always good to hear set Twitter alight, I guess. <laughs> um, look, yeah, watching the, the coverage has been, uh, it's, it's been quite dispiriting, to be honest, uh, because I, I feel like um, it's been very hard for journalists to actually, you know, tell the public what the, you know, to get to what is the real story. And so, you know, journalists, I think, are going off on a whole lot of tangential things. Um, and I think that they're often, you know, manipulated by uh, by campaigns. You know, they turn up to set events. And then also, you know, in the background, you, you've got to realise, of course, that there are people whose job it is to massage journalists, to get them to ask certain questions, to pursue certain lines. And they're coming from both sides of the campaign. So, but the, you know, the, the, the direct concern I had was, and it's a concern that a whole lot of people have got, our readers and, and, and some other senior journalists too, is this relying on the idea of the gotcha question to be some kind of emblem of you being a strong journalist and holding power to account and doing your job in the public interest for, you know, for, 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 for the audience when really, you know, when you look at, you know, what is the essence of a gotcha question? Well, you know, you are, you've got a, a political leader under massive pressure, the, in, you know, the glare of the spotlight, uh, all this happening in real time, maybe talking about a whole other things, such as, say, a renewable energy policy, which is what happened with uh, Anthony Albanese. And then sort of out of left field comes this weird question where where the journalist is insisting that a guy like Anthony Albanese suddenly be able to swivel and recite the six points of the NDIS, Labor's NDIS plan. So, you know, it's, 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 it's unfair. And for what end? I mean, really, does that going to, do we, do we think that that suddenly makes Anthony Albanese a better Prime Minister? Is, is that what a Prime Minister has to do? Remember policies and recite them under pressure? So it's its its, its own meaningless enterprise, and it really only serves one end, which is to um, which is kind of the self-aggrandizement either you know of the reporter and and the and the broadcaster they're working for. So that's not serving democracy. And um, you know, at risk of batting on and on and on, why it really kind of got under my skin in the last few days is because we, you know, you have this 
kind of a, a moment in history, I think, for Australia where you've got a government which is probably, I think it's fair to say, more than any government in Australia's history is actually anti-democratic, which is kind of a big call. But, you know, I think Crikey in particular has done a lot of work on establishing just to what level the current, uh, the coalition government, and particularly under Scott Morrison, has destroyed systems of accountability and transparency. And, you know, there's a whole lot of um, um, internal processes of government for that, that, you know, they have been uh, neutered. Morrison himself does not want uh, an effective ICAC. And so all you're kind of left with is the media. And if we're not doing our job, then you think, well, what's, where are the protections for democracy? So that's really the coming together, in a way, a perfect storm, I thought, of, uh, of, the, of the problems we face. So, you know, I think the subline or the sub, if I can use that term, of my story was, you know, journalists are fiddling while democracy burns. And, and, and that's kind of the point where fixating on little things when there's a really big thing that's going down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, David, you, um, a couple of responses to your piece yesterday, I mean, on social media, People kind of said it's the audience. This is what the this is what the audience wants to read, and you do see these like gotcha questions and gaps being spread on social media, and and people read them and they respond to them, whether it's from outrage of the journalist or outrage of the politician. Kind of, what do you say to that? Like, is it the journalist role, journalist role to give the audience what they want, or should they be like you said, focusing on the bigger questions of democracy? Well, I, I think yeah, Neil. Look, it's a, it's a, it's a really good point, and it, it, in a, in a way, it's ever been thus. I mean, social media does magnify it, but you know, look, I've worked in commercial television over the years, and you know, the perennial uh, te- point of tension is: do we give them what they want, or do we give them what we should be doing? And um, you, you know, that's that's um, that's that that still dominates actually that sort of um, that's that kind of conflict, but. Um, I think it relates a bit, Imogen, to the point I was just making that I I think these are not normal times. I think that we are at at an extreme level. I mean, you know, Australia is not as extreme as the United States, but it's getting into that red zone. And, you know, the the whole, the the Donald Trumpification of of politics, um, the, the, um, you know, the the spread, the, the, the inability people have to know what is even true or isn't. And so, you know, if we're not doing our job on that, we are, we are going to, we're, we're going to contribute to the demise of democracy. And, you know, I think American journalists feel that as well. And, and, Australian journalists aren't used to talking about the issue in this in these terms, but but we but we we really do need to, because that is that that's what's happening you know on our watch. So yeah, I mean you you will get uh, social media. It's true. Uh, yeah, there are people who actually just like the conflict of um, of public life. They they like the gladiatorial uh, bit of what happens on air. And look, there's there are you know there are commercial programs, commercial TV. In a way, hates an election because boy, what are we going to do? Talk about policies? How dull is that? You know, we can hear the televisions switching off already. But what people can kind of relate to is a bit of biffo and a bit of argy bargy, some raised voices. You know, it's a little bit like watching maths. Um, it, it's it's uh, it, but but it's not serving the public interest. And and I so I think you know right now. Probably certainly more than any time, I think, in my career as a journalist, 
journalists, we, you know, we've got to look at ourselves and go, well, <laughs> why are we here? What are we doing? You know, we, and we can't, we can't treat this election campaign like it's a, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not, you know, sort of scoring contestants on, on the voice here, which is in fact a phrase, um, Scott Morrison like to use. You know, we, we're not just, uh, it's, not, it's not a race here. We actually have to evaluate policies and we have to do this for the public interest. And we have to do it in context. We have to, okay, sure, we're reporting on an election campaign, but it's not like this is just a horse race. You know, we, we, are, we have had three years of government and that's what we need to be holding to account right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, David, yesterday in your piece, you, you touched on criticism of the ABC. Uh, you, you quoted an old colleague from there who said mm. of the ABC, they're not sure if the Liberals might get in and they're terrified of a night of the long nights if they do. Can you speak <laughs> a bit about, about how the public broadcaster's fear of another coalition government mm. is seemingly impacting its its coverage of this election, in, in your opinion? Well, can I, yeah, first I'd say is it a legitimate fear that they have? Yeah, I think it is because... Um, the um, it, it's pretty clear this this government really 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 hates the ABC really hates really hates um, the public broadcaster because actually it is a you know it's a tool of um, of uh, uh, accountability you know why 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 isn't Laura Tingle hosting um, a you know an election uh, a campaign night well, we know why because Scott Morrison won't go ahead with it. Um, so look, yeah, I mean the the, the 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 government has cut the ABC. It's it's shown it's you know it's it's not a friend of the ABC at all. Um, and there are probably one or two stories the ABC has done in the last term of government which has really really irked the government and would provoke you know some sort of reaction. It's also fair to say that the uh, the News Corporation, which is a great friend of the government and is clearly boosting Scott Morrison, does it doesn't does not want the ABC to you know, to prosper either. So there's a whole lot of reasons to 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 feel that fear, and you know, the, the the ABC has been for the last 25 years. The ABC has 19 of the last 25 years, I think, is the right number. There has been a has been a coalition government basically hostile to the ABC. So when I was at the ABC covering an election campaign, um, I think it was in that they began to institute kind of almost like a stopwatch. Um, which is to you know on, on how much time is given to respective parties, and so it, it, you know in the coverage, and so that becomes a way of um, the ABC being able to defend itself later against attack. So I think that the ABC is very mindful that at some point it's going to get attacked. You know, at a Senate committee, um, you know, by Scott Morrison, whatever. That, that you know, there's going to be a point where. They're going to have to have their um, their ducks in a row to be able to answer the criticism, um, unfair as it may be. And so I I do feel that there is a I, I can detect that there is a real consciousness of that um, in, in the way the questions are being asked. Uh, I you know I um, in live interviews I can hear that um, you know Labor folk are you know look you don't want to give Labor why why should Labor get an easy ride on the other hand. Why are you going to ask really unreasonable questions, often in line with, say, the, the, um, with, the, with the coalition's talking points, just to be able to say that you were fair and that you went really hard on Labor as well? You know, it's, it's, it's fine. You should go hard on Labor. But, you know, you've got to understand that 
this is a the government is is it's the government that has been actually acting for the last three or more years. So there is a lot more uh, um, uh, good reason to be holding them to account, not somebody who's trying to you know take government. Yeah, absolutely. It's that causing of the the false balance with trying to ask labor as many hard questions as they can, even though they haven't been in power for years and years. Mm. That's um, I mean, that's been a lot of the negatives of Australian media. And in your piece, you actually focused a lot on what can be done, how journalism can save itself. Um, do you think that it, it can improve? And if it does, how long will it take for the reputation of the industry to improve? It's so, it's just so difficult. Um, you know, there there are so many factors which are going against it. You know, there's a, there's a lack of staff. There's there, there's a there's kind of a, a junior staff as well that are mm-hmm. following the election campaign. Uh, you know, and that's really evident now. Um, a, a reason for that is because um, broadcasters and, and, and you know publishers are under real money pressure. So you know, people have less time. They've, you know, they they can't necessarily go do their own research. Go go do their own investigation. I know, I know all the reasons. Uh, they're all there, and in a way, you know, maybe journalism is never going to be what it was in the sense of being really well funded, being a whole lot of good outlets, and you know, a, a whole lot of um, um, you know experienced journalists in the field. So, look, it might never be like that. But you know, what you what what you can do is understand the context you're playing in now as a journalist. And that's why, you know, I, I, I did want to put a bit of energy, a bit of, uh, I'm sorry, a bit of uh, urgency into what I wrote yesterday. To uh, uh, You know, my first point was, you know, journalists, please understand what you're dealing with. You know, you're dealing with kind of, you know, a threat to democracy. And that threat to democracy is actually in the government. It's not outside the government. It's in the government, and that's what you're playing with. It's not a regular a, a regular uh, coalition government. It's not a regular prime minister. It's actually quite exceptional, and you've got to you've got to have you've got to play by different rules. And number two, understand, and also you know you don't need to do a whole lot to to fix journalism to make the simple point that you know you are there for the public interest. You're not there for your own interest, and that's that's just like you know going to dinner with and and having good manners. Like it doesn't cost anything. You know you don't actually have to go through, you know, a whole you know three years training to know that. It's just be decent, understand, you know what what is your role? Why are you there? Why are you there in front of the the prime minister or the opposition leader throwing questions? It's not so that you can have ten seconds of content. That you can that that can make you famous. It's actually so that you can be the representative of your public. So I think they're really basic things. I mean, you know, the journalists' union has done some work on this. Um, incredibly, they found last uh, in in a recent survey that um, a, a large majority of journalists feel that they have lost public trust over the last ten years. And 50% of the journalists they surveyed believe that they need ethical training from their employer, which, you know, is pretty gobsmacking if you think about it. You know, we've had this journalist code of ethics, the 12-point plan that we published yesterday or were pointed to anyway. And that, that you know, has been, you know, one assumes that journalists know that that's what they do. But we now have a very large number of journalists saying, gosh, we actually need to know, you know, how to, be, how to act ethically. Incredible, really. 
But so, so in the end, I said, look, you know, I think it's about self-help because it is, because no one else is going to help journalism, I don't think, if, you know, if it's going to disappear up its own fundamental, if I can use that term. Of course you can. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can go on your own cracky election cast. Um, leads into my, my last question, David, we have less yeah. than two weeks of the election campaign. What's, what's one or two things that you want to see more from journalists who are reporting on the campaign? Well, I think obviously stop stop the games. You know, just just play it straight. Um, you, you should know by now, colleagues, that uh, actually what the public's not all that interested really in that stuff. And you know, we 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 can see that that when you know you look at where forums where the public can have a say, they're not asking those questions. You know, the journalists are. So you've got to get out of your own bubble, um, and you've got to and you you have to get if possible. Get out of the tight control of the uh, of the campaign teams, um, which is difficult, of course, because they they control your access. But but you but you have to you know I think change that mindset and actually you know go to some of those issues that we're not seeing, but which really but but which matter you know fundamentals of inequality. Um, uh, you know, housing, sure, we know, but, uh, you know, people are, people, the wealth gap is considerable. People are doing it very, very tough. And, you know, why don't we talk about homelessness? Why don't we talk about, you know, the terrible level of um, um, of, of payment for the unemployed in any meaningful way? We, 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 we're just not doing those big, important, fundamental issues. There you go. That's what David Hardacre wants to see from reporters on the campaign trail in the next two weeks. Um, You can read David's piece from yesterday up at crikey.com now as well. It really was a cracking piece. It was our most read from yesterday and we had a lot of agreement and like, yes, this is what we've needed um, reactions to that piece. So do go off and read it. We'll be back at the same time tomorrow with another edition of Election Car. If you'd like to re-listen to this one or any of our previous podcasts, you can find us up on our website or on most podcast platforms. And, of course, do keep an eye out for Cracky's Afternoon Edition. It's coming out in just a few hours. We've got Amber Schultz reporting from Gilmore, Wendy Harmer reporting from Avalon, and plenty more. So thank you again to everyone for joining us, and we'll see you tomorrow. That was Crikey's investigations editor and senior reporter David Hardiker speaking to our audience editor Imogen Champagne. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Crikey Cast. We will be back tomorrow. And just a reminder, if you do want to get one of those free Crikey tote bags, no strings attached, we're not going to use your email for anything else, just email us at podcast at crikey.com.au and you will go in the running for one of them. And don't forget, we're doing plenty of good election coverage at crikey.com.au. Okay, until tomorrow. <laughs>